Thinking maybe I could get over Or I could be stronger Than the fear in my mind See, Mama always told me I was meant to be light in the darkness But I feel like a candle Waiting for a flame She said, keep on getting stronger, keep on getting wiser, my dear. Don't give in to the forces, don't succumb to your fear. Oh, mama, I pray, oh, I pray that I'll stay strong.
said that you were beautiful and that you didn't belong in this world. Who said that you were all alone and that you're never gonna find love again? So many little words, so many little lies that have followed you all of your life. Looking for the truth, looking to your eyes, and you'll see it's been there the whole time. Ooh, either way you were running, either way you were hiding, never been a moment that you were not perfectly loved when you barely believed it, when your eyes couldn't see. Every single moment you've always been perfectly loved Ooh, perfectly loved You've always been perfectly In the hands of the infinite As the wounds of the world became his Do the kindness heaven has for you And now he's always been Church, please rise for our first song.
don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Oh, I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Your forgiveness. Come on now, let's go. It's like Psalms, the 51st chapter, starting at verse 3. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach the wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Let us go to God in prayer. So if you would please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning. For you tell us to come to you, all who are weary, who are burdened, and who are heavy laden. And Lord, we come to you this morning and humbly deposit ourselves at the foot of the cross as we give all of this stuff to you. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the worship service we're about to have, the music we're going to sing together, our fellowship time. And Lord, please just think about us and give us all of the blessings that, that you've promised us. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. I speak the name of Jesus over you. 
In your hurting, in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak the name, cause it's all that I can do. In desperation, I seek heaven. I pray this for you. I pray for your healing. That circumstances will change. I pray that the fear inside would flee. Jesus' name, I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I speak the name of all authority. Boys and girls, come on up front. It is time for the kids' message. So find a seat up here on the floor. Come on up. Well, 
I don't know if you guys remember this, but about a year ago, I think, I gave out dollar bills and told you to use those to bless somebody. And you know what? I wanted to bless you guys. I wanted to give you some money, a lot of money, all right? Like so much money that you could probably even buy Reading Railroad, maybe Boardwalk, Park Place, a lot of money. All right, so let me get this big wad of cash out of here. Look at this money. See, have you ever seen a stack of money that big? We're not going to deal with, mess with the $1 bills. That's not, that's not very impressive. Fives, forget the fives. You know what? We're not even going to worry about the tens. Look, I got, nah, 20s. That's not big enough. 50s, 50s, 100s, $500 bills. Pretty impressive, isn't it? All right, you guys want you want a $500 bill? Look at that. You guys want some money? Let me see if I can get They're fresh bills, so they kind of stick together. Look at that, $500. Here, I'm just going to make it rain. Look at that, $500. $500 over here. And there's some $100 bills. Look at all that money. You guys can buy Xboxes, TVs, a new bike. Maybe you could fill up your parents' tank of gas, buy some eggs maybe, I don't know. I mean, we're talking, that's a lot of money, right? So what are you guys going to spend your money on? Absolutely nothing. You're going to save it for college? You're going to spend that on college, aren't you? What do you, what do you, why'd you say nothing? They're too small, but that's 500. You got a 500 and what, you got $600. That's a lot of money. It's not real. What? But I bought two of these. They're only $1.25. I thought that was a great value. Are you telling me that this money is only good to buy stuff in the game, but we can't spend it in the real world? Oh, man. I'm bummed. I wanted to give you guys something that was valuable, and you're telling me I gave you a gift that was worth nothing. We don't, I didn't want to give you a worthless gift. And you know what? Jesus doesn't want us to give worthless gifts either. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. Because you know what happens in Matthew chapter 12? Some pretty amazing stuff. We see that, that Jesus healed a man's hand on the Sabbath, but it went against the religious leaders' rules. So they were upset. And then Jesus and his disciples were super hungry, so they picked some wheat out of the field and ate it on the Sabbath, and that made the religious leaders mad, because supposedly they weren't supposed to do that on the Sabbath. But this is what Jesus says to the religious leaders. He says, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So here Jesus is saying, I am greater than the Sabbath. Jesus is greater than the Sabbath. And he's saying that he is more important and better than all the rules that they have. And you know what? He wants mercy. He wants us to do good for people and love on people rather than do empty acts. Right? And he is the way. Jesus is the way, so we want to follow what Jesus does, right? So you know what? The religious leaders, it was kind of like they were given play money, right? It was 
what they were doing was viable to the game they were playing, but it wasn't helping people in real life, right? And Jesus says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So Jesus wants us to love on people, to do things that help people in the real world, right? To love, to serve, to care for. And when we do that, when we serve people, we love people, we are, are showing our hearts filled with Jesus' love that we can share with other people. So, because God desires mercy, not sacrifice. He's after our hearts, hearts filled with his love to share with other people. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Well, you know what? I'm sorry I gave you a worthless gift. But you know what? I do have candy. And so after worship, later, okay, you can bring the worthless dollar bills up if you want. You can keep them or you can throw them away, and I'll give you candy. All right? You come up to next steps after worship, and I'll give you some candy. Hopefully that's a little more valuable than those pieces of paper. All right? But first, let's pray. All right? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, you don't want fake gifts or empty actions. You want our hearts. Fill our hearts with your love and help us to share it with others. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats, and maybe I'll see you later after worship and give you some candy. All right? And as they head back to their seats, I've got a couple announcements. First, there are a couple cards in the seat backs in front of you. The first card tells all about prayer requests, how you can submit a prayer request to be included in worship later. Talks about tithes and offerings, which we're going to collect during the next song. Um, also, if you're a guest, we are so glad that you're here worshiping with us. And we have a welcome gift for you and would love to have a chance to meet you. So you can stop by Next Steps as well. Um, maybe I'll even give you a piece of candy. But I also have a coupon for a free regular size drink to the Broken Mug as a welcome gift. And then these cards have a QR code that you can scan with the camera on your phone, which takes you to Church Center. And on Church Center, you can get to everything that you need to know about and going on here at 1C, from groups, classes, events, how to serve, um, contact cards. But just want to highlight a couple of announcements for you that you can find more information on on the Church Center app. One is our Spiritual DNA Growth Campaign. That starts February 26th. With our first sermon in the series, we have um, sermon series, small group, curriculum and discussion to go along with that. It's going to be a great experience for everyone involved. So I highly encourage you to sign up on the Church Center app online. See me. Uh, we'll get you signed up. It is going to be a great five-week ex experience. Uh, also, we have our Haiti Project. Our meal packing event is on March 4th. And uh, you can also sponsor a box if you'd like to. It's $65 per box, and that box will go and feed, I think it's 216 meals for kids in Haiti. Also, during Holy Week, uh, Thursday of Holy Week, we are having a Seder Supper. And if you're not familiar with the Seder Supper, it's a really meaningful experience where we get to learn about how God has saved us through food, through story, through song. And that will be happening here um, on Thursday of Holy Week. If you'd like to volunteer and be a part of that, you can see Jacqueline. Jacqueline, raise your hand. Jacqueline's down here in front. Or um, you can call the office as well. Um, plenty, of, plenty of ways to serve with the Seder Supper. 
Um, also, our 2022 year-end giving statements have already went out. If you did not receive yours um, in the email or snail mail, um, you can call the church office and make sure you get one of those. Also, if you have the Church Center app, you can click on there and find your giving statement and download it there as well if you'd like. Um, but now we are going to continue with our next song and also collect the offering. But before we do that, let's pray. Father God, we thank you uh, that you give us so many gifts. Uh, you bless us, Lord. And God, as we give back to you, um, just pray that you would take our money and use it in ways that would have a huge impact in your kingdom, Jesus. Um, use it as a way to grow your, your kingdom here in this world, Lord. So, um, God, we just thank you for all that you do for us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
this time of the service where we have this opportunity as a faith community to come to the Lord's table, the Lord's Supper, it's communion, it's the sacrament of the altar, it has all these names. But what this, what this is, is Jesus did a remarkable thing on that Thursday night before his crucifixion when he had this last supper with his disciples. When in his hands, he takes elements that he created, bread and wine, and he brings those together with his word, that's known as a sacrament, and that's what we do here. And this is a very, very important time in the service, our service, across the globe where other people are having communion right now. It is an opportunity for us to think about our sin, to confess our sin, and then knowing that when we come here and receive this bread and wine, which is in mystery, it is the body and blood of Jesus that are in these elements. And these are the things that bring to us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. So in preparation for communion, we have a, a confession that we say together. Let's just take a few moments to do that. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior, Satan and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and the wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. This is your confession this morning. I welcome you to the Lord's table. Some of you may be in your seats and you picked up the little packets. When you're ready to receive those elements in your seat, know that that is the true body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And as you come forward, our servers will also have a, um, a juice option and a gluten-free option. If that is something that you need, just let us know. We'll be glad to take care of that. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I 
I just want to speak the name of Jesus. 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we lift up our prayers spoken and in our hearts from our 1C family. Continued strength for Coco through her battle with cancer. Be with her and ease her worries as she starts a new treatment. For my sister-in-law, Jan, who is very ill, prayer that she becomes one with Jesus, and a prayer for baby Zane. For Jaina, the healing touch of Jesus to get over her four-day cold. Prayers for Arnold, that he continues to get better from surgery and that he can be released soon. Healing for Sharon from a fall. Prayers for patience, and a prayer of thanksgiving, Lord, for making everything work out and allowing me to meet so many people in the waiting room that are going through so much. For a friend in his new ventures, in a new road in our work world. For Samantha, to find herself in the love of Jesus. And for all our grandchildren, to find the love and salvation of Jesus. 
Gracious God, we thank you for hearing our prayers. When our cup on this earth runs dry, we know we can come to you to fill our cup till it overflows. Trusting in you, we bring all our burdens to the foot of the cross, where there is hope, healing, and freedom through your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, church. I am so glad in this fellowship that we do this moment in our church with the prayers of the people. And there's something going on behind me. I don't know, is it the rapture? Is it time? <laughs> Let's go. I don't know. I heard music. I thought it might be here. Oh, my. It is good to be together, yeah? Well... Last week, Pastor Jim did a, just a stellar job in giving us a review of the first four Beatitudes and how those first four are about individual transformation. Those Beatitudes help us to see things as they really are. Think about that. And next time you want to go to that Matthew chapter 5, think about, so what does that mean? to see things as they really are. Well, here's how things really are. We, you and I, are poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is it that makes us poor in spirit? Sin makes us poor in spirit. We are born in sin. Sin is just going to be a part of this you know, daily life, it's, it's here for now, but not forever. Jesus is coming back, amen? And it will go away. It will go away. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those people who recognize their sinful condition, and it leads them into mourning. into mourning, mourning for personal sin, mourning over my condition. We do that, we do that, yeah, we, individually. We just did it a moment ago. And whatever was in your heart during that time of confession, we mourn over our sin. But I think there's also a way in which you and I, I think as the church, we can mourn over just the wreckage that sin has leveled across all of humanity for all of the eons that it's been around. And then Jim touched on blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek. These are the people who don't, assi don't assume that they've got anything at all to contribute to the party. Got nothing. They know their condition. They're aware that we got zero to contribute 
to becoming righteous. Being made righteous is something that Jesus does. He alone does that. And as we grow in that awareness of what that means, huh, hunger and thirst for more of that. We hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. So if these first four Beatitudes are about individual transformation, there's a second set. You know, we started there last week. There's a second set of four. What might they be about? They kind of help us answer the question, so now what? So I got these four about individual transformation. I kind of get that. Let me spend some time with it and unpack that a little more. But then what? Well, the second set has a lot to teach us about how we relate to one another. As, as we move about in whatever context you're in, how do we relate to people? And it sort of follows that if we are being transformed, doesn't it seem logical that our, our behaviors and our speech and, and, and how, we, how we think, shouldn't, shouldn't those reflect our transformation? I think so. Yeah. Then last week, Pastor Jim moved into the first of the second set of the Beatitudes with the word mercy. Elios, the Greek word. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Mercy. Whole lot bigger picture around mercy, more depth to mercy than just I'm sympathetic towards someone or empathetic towards someone or I'm sorry you're having a bad day, I'll, you know, I'll try to treat you right. Good stuff. Okay, I don't want to say that it's not, but this notion of mercy that Jesus is talking about, this is a way of how we move about our days in relationship to one another, how we kind of get inside the other person. That's the connotation that we find in this word. We kind of grapple with them about the things that they're feeling and the things that they are hurting over and the load that they're carrying, and the trials that they're experiencing. And mercy in this way is not something that we do from a distance, but as God brings those people in our way and says, you know, show some mercy to this person, well, we need to be prepared to kind of get down in the trenches with this person. And in the trenches, it's oftentimes very hard, very dirty, very bloody. But look at how Jesus did this. If you want to undertake an interesting study in the Gospels, sit down with your Bible and a pen and a notebook and record all the places where Jesus showed mercy. There's a lot of them. I came across one this past week as I was wrapping up an assignment for school. It's, it's in Luke chapter 7. 
and briefly. The, the sketch of this is that Jesus had been in Capernaum and, and he'd healed um, a centurion's son. That always gets attention, of course. And a crowd gathers, and this crowd follows him out of Capernaum as he's en route to another nearby city called Nan, or Nain. And he's, I don't know what's in his mind. He's going over there to continue to spread the gospel because that's what he does. So here's this crowd leaving Capernaum, and they're coming along, and Jesus is with them. And they get close to the city gates of Nain, and there's another crowd, more people, coming this way. I, I tend to think that those people that were with Jesus coming out of Capernaum might have been kind of giddy, you know, like, man, what we just saw was mind-blowing. Let's stay with this guy and see what he's going to do next. So that's, there might be a festive attitude with that group. These other guys coming out of the city, not so much. That's a funeral procession. And there was a young man on a coffin being carried and his mother, his widowed mother, walking alongside of him. Do you see it? They're coming together. So how does the mercy of Jesus show up in this story? Think about all these people, one crowd, this crowd, lots of people. Jesus stops, recognizes the widow, and the text says he had compassion on her. I mean, just knowing who he is. I choose to believe that he knew that was her son. He knew that she didn't have a husband. And he knew that life was just about to get very, very difficult for this woman. Because in that culture, if you don't have a male caretaker, it's hard. And he stops right there and he has compassion on her. And then the story goes on, of course, the, the act of compassion. He raises this young man and gives him back to his mother. That's mercy getting inside someone else's wounds and hurt. That's how, that's how mercy operates. We're making a, not so much a shift as a moving forward. Of course, we're going to now look at the second beatitude in the second set, those that deal with relating to others. And this one is, today's text is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. I want to share with you just real quick um, an event that happened to me last week, right, right back there by those doors at the back. I had been out in the family gathering space. I came back in through there, and there was a dad, a young dad standing there, and he had his little man with him in his arms. And the first thing that got my attention was I looked at this little guy, and I thought, holy buckets, he, he looks like my... 44-year-old son when he was a little man. If you've had that kind of experience, those of you that got older kids and you see someone else, he says, ooh, he looked, he looked just like my boy. So, of course, I stopped. <laughs> and like little kids do, these 
gorgeous brown eyes, you know. They just look at me. Isn't it amazing how they do that? They bore right through you. It's like, it's like they can look at your soul. And then it got even sweeter. Because as I'm, as I'm looking at this little guy and probably saying some silly things, he, reach, he takes his little arms and he leans out of his daddy's arms and he leans towards me. As it, he says, go ahead, pick me up. So I asked permission from dad. Dad said, yeah, you bet. So there I am holding this little guy. So why am I telling you this? It's because as I was preparing this sermon, that story came to mind because it struck me that pure in heart are like that little man was. Now, theologians would say, oh, but he was born in sin just like everybody else. I get that. Of course he was. But he's about this big. I'm going to go with pure in heart, at least for a while. <laughs> you know, he's not like me and he's not like many of my friends out there. He hadn't had a chance to sin it up, you know, and kind of lose that. It just struck me that way. Pure in heart. That's pure in heart. So there's another word in this brief sentence. The, the other word is, is heart. What is meant by heart in this beatitude? What do you think is meant by heart when you read it in the scriptures? I would say most of us would say, well, okay, it's, it's more than what's here. It's more than the, than the muscle, you know, although that's not a bad parallel. Pumps life, okay? But the heart is a figurative language for the hidden springs of the personal life. I wish I could take credit for those words, but they came from something, a commentary I was reading, okay? The heart is figurative language for the hidden springs of the personal life. And there is a way, one of the ways that scripture describes the heart is as it's the seat of human depravity. And it's the seat of human depravity because sin is on that seat at the very center of the inward life. And from that seat, from that position, sin defiles everything. All of our thoughts, all of our words, all of our deeds. Sin does that. I have a buddy in Tucson who's one of his Favorite things to say was, Randy, sin exists at the molecular level. Ooh. Yeah. It's got its tentacles everywhere. Jesus knows this. In Matthew 15, he says this, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defiles a person. So there is that sense in which Scripture talks about the heart being the seat of depravity. There's another way in which Scripture regards the heart as the sphere of divine 
influence. And so for the person who by faith has received God's spirit, that heart has been redeemed. That heart is now being shaped in a new direction, shaped for kingdom purposes. And in a moment here, we're going to see how that happened in Mary Magdalene. And we have a video clip from the, from the Chosen. The background to this clip is this, is that, and maybe, a, maybe just a, a bit of a disclaimer. I don't know from the text that Mary returned to the tavern and took up drinking with her drinking buddies and playing games. And I don't know that. I don't think the text describes it that way. Is it possible? Is it plausible? I'm going to join the camp that says, could be. Could be. Something, I mean, Mary was a sinner. Mary had a depraved heart. It's not impossible to think that she found her way back to the bar. So there she is. She's drinking with familiar people. She's, you know, familiar practices. This is not a good choice for Mary. And when it's noticed that she's not around the camp, Matthew and Peter get dispatched to go find her. And they do at the tavern. And to convince her to come back to Jesus and the disciples and to the place where they were camped out. That's a scene of a broken woman filled with shame and remorse and regret. She's feeling that when Matthew and Peter are trying to talk her to coming back in. And the clip we're going to see is she is feeling that in the very presence of Jesus. So let's take a few minutes and just watch this. Do you need anything? Where is he? In his tent. Should I wait? No. I will take you to him. It's not you. There's quite a lot going on right now. So it's good to have you back. I don't know what to say. I don't require much. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> you redeemed me and I just threw it all away. Well, that's not much of a redemption if it can be lost in a day, is it? <laughs> I owe you everything. But I just don't think I can do it. Do what? Live up to it. Repay you. How could I leave? How could I go back to the place I was? And I didn't even... I didn't even come back on my own. They had to come get me. I just can't live up to it. 
Well, that's true. <laughs> but you don't have to. I just want your heart. A father just wants your heart. Give us that, which you already have. And the rest will come in time. Did you really think that you'd never struggle or sin again? I know how painful that moment was for you. I shouldn't. Someday. But not here. I'm just so sorry. Look up. <laughs> I can. You can. Look at me. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> it's over. I just want your heart. I just want your heart. It's not pure. It's stained with sin. He'll take it anyhow. And forgive. Is it not amazing? I mean, the first time he encountered Mary, the words he said were those words from Isaiah. You are mine. I have redeemed you. And this time... I forgive you, it is over. I mean, this is what Jesus does. This is this tension that's resolved, the depraved heart, a forgiving Savior. It's a beautiful collision. It's a beautiful collision of the heart's depravity meeting God's reign in Jesus. Boom. And he purifies that heart from the inside out. This is an extraordinary hope that we have been called to. Our not at all pure hearts being washed by the forgiveness that we see in God. And there's the last couple words in this beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. What does that mean? To see God. I want to offer four things real quick. We can see God in his creation. That's one of the places. Job 12, beginning in, in verse 7. But ask the beast, and they will teach you. The birds of the heavens, and they will tell you. Or the bushes of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Do you sense the scope of that? Beasts, birds, bushes, fish. He cannot be missed. He cannot be ignored. You will see him in his creation. We can see God in his church. This one really knocks me out when I think about myself. 
and I love all you guys, and I think about you too, but let's face it, we're a hot mess most of the time. But we can see God in, we can see God in this. 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The church, you and I, brothers and sisters, we have a task and we have a message, and that is to proclaim these excellencies. to make known to a horribly broken world the enormous hope that comes in Jesus, called out of darkness into light. We can see God in the stillness, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Kind of harkens back. Here's something in Matthew. And I'm thinking Psalm 23. Green pastures, still waters, a restored soul. This thread that goes through scripture. Of wow, we can see God in his stillness. Maybe this past week you had a moment of stillness. And you saw God. And lastly, we can see God on the horizon. John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. That person, that man, woman, or child who by faith belongs to God has on the horizon something that's all set up to go. Our horizon is gorgeous, people. Gorgeous. Allow your troubled heart to bask in this joy of what's on the horizon. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God, see God in his creation, in his church, in the stillness that he creates for you and I, on the horizon that holds out eternal life for us. If you please stand, we have this wonderful opportunity to profess what we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please receive now the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen. solid gold like a vow that is tested like a covenant of old your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the horizon mercy for a day faithful you have been and faithful you will be you pledge it's why I sing your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips.
everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord. And it's
Son of David, have mercy on me. My soul is broken and my eyes can't see. Can you hear me calling, calling out your name? Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. 
See you.